Hear the word of the Lord from Revelation 1. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will well on account of him. Even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, team, for leading us this morning. If you haven't done so already, please take your Bible and turn over to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, where Brandy was just reading for us. This is going to be our sermon passage for the next four weeks, so make a spot, okay? Make a spot. Um, <clears throat> And before I pray, I just want to go ahead and tell you everything you need to hear this morning. Here's, what, here's where we're going. Our sermon is entitled The Prophet. That's a really poor name by me. It should have been entitled Listen to the Prophet. God only speaks because he wants us to listen. So listen to the prophet. And what we're going to see is that Jesus reveals God and speaks God's word so that we will listen to him and follow him. That's what we're going to see in Revelation chapter 1 this morning. So let's pray together. Our Father and our God, your people are gathered around your word this morning. We are pleading that your spirit will take your word and cause us to hear it and receive it and be changed by it. O oh, Spirit of God, speak to your people. Give us faith. Reform who we are. Move and shape us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Jesus reveals the character and word of God to us so that we would listen to him and Follow him. First point, if you're taking notes this morning, looking to the king. Looking to the king. So what we're doing here at Redeemer is, is we're trying to bring together two streams of thought. Stream one is we've been considering the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is this biblical theme that explains who God is, what God's doing, and what God wants from his people. That's a way to understand all of the scripture and all of what God's doing in the world. It also is the season of Advent where we are stopping to look to our Savior and our Lord and our Redeemer. Those two things come together here in this point. If we're to seek the kingdom, long for the kingdom, and pray for the kingdom, that requires us to seek the king long for the king, and pray for the king to come. So you got to know the king so that you can pursue and move about in the kingdom. So we want to stop and say, what does King Jesus look like? And then historically during Advent, do you know what the church does? They say, what does God's Savior look like? So we're going to do those things, and we're going to do it from this passage. So for the next 
four Sundays, five times that we're together counting Christmas Eve. We're going to be right here in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And what I need to do here is I need to show you why these verses help us look to Jesus the King. How do these verses help us look to Jesus the King? So they begin in verse 4. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. So you're right to think of John here as John, the disciple of Jesus, one of the 12, the author of John's gospel. He's writing to the churches in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him. And so so John is wishing to these churches the grace of God and peace from God. So he wants them to know God's favor upon them and have peace in this God who has bestowed his favor upon them. Where does that come from? Where do we get this peace? From him who is and was and is to come, from God himself, from the seven spirits who are before his throne, from the spirit of God, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So the book of Revelation is a very Trinitarian book, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, at work for the good of God's people. And he says he's going to really focus on particular things about Jesus. He's the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth, He's the one who has freed us and made us a kingdom, and he's the one who is coming again. So what John is doing here is he's saying, look to the Lord, particularly look to the Son, Jesus, the King of the kingdom, to move you and motivate you to long for the kingdom. That's what's going on in this passage. So what we're going to do is we're going to slow down and we're going to look at the five things that this passage tells us about Jesus. Today, the faithful witness. Next week, the firstborn from the dead. Next week, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Christmas Eve, the one who loves us and has freed us. And then on the final Sunday, the one who is coming again. Let's be the people who look to Jesus and are moved to follow Jesus. My real emphasis here is move to follow Jesus. Here's what churches normally do with Advent sermon series, okay? Let's go find some obscure Old Testament passages. Let's whip them up and pull a string and say, that was Jesus, amen. That's true. Throughout the Old Testament, there are all these promises about the king who was to come. And and one thing the New Testament does is it says, that was Jesus. But that's not the amen. Respond to him. That's the amen. So when we say today Jesus is the prophet, God sent a prophet so that we would listen to the prophet. Next week when we say Jesus is the priest, God sent a priest so that we would approach God through his priest and no other way. When we say he's the king, God sent a king so that we would follow the king. 
And when he says that he's coming again, he tells us that so that we will wait expectantly for him to come again. The point is all this, this promised fulfillment stuff in the Bible is about God's people having active faith in God. So today we're going to look at, in just a minute, we're just going to look at Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. But in all of this passage, I want us to have a vision of Jesus that shapes our desires to long for the kingdom, but also shapes our living to live for the kingdom. Faith follows. Faith listens. Faith responds to the Lord in the way he's called us to respond. So I am praying for myself and for you this Christmas season, this Advent, that we would have a renewed vision of Jesus that actually moves us to follow Jesus. So when we say long for the kingdom, pray for the kingdom, seek the kingdom, all those things we've already talked about, if you're a guest today, those are sermons from weeks past We're simply just saying that's what Jesus came to do, to redeem a people who would follow him and work alongside him in his world for the glory of his name. So before I leave this point about looking to the king, here's what I want to ask you to do. One, will you spend real time in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8? Real time in Revelation chapter Chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Now, it took Brandy, what, a good 45 seconds to read that earlier? Let's see about right. I'll give you a minute. It took a minute. So your I don't have time argument debunked immediately. One minute. And if you're new to the scripture, you're like, well, I, I heard her read that, but it all just kind of went, phew, like right over my head. I got nothing. Let me give you a little simple way to spend some time in this scripture and, and start to have the Lord show you what it means. Number one, just pray and ask God to show you what it means. Just pray and ask God. He, the writer of the scripture, the Holy Spirit, also dwells within you. So put those things together. Like, like uh, okay. Pray and ask the Lord to show you. Second, read it. Just read it. Just sit down, read it. Circle things, underline things, put question marks, whatever pops up. If nothing pops, if it's just blurry, like that's okay, read it. Then pretend that you're me on a Sunday morning. Stand up. If you need to go purchase a podium, like I might even let you borrow this this week, okay? Stand up, open the Bible, and read it out loud. Read it out loud as if you're reading in public. And I guarantee you, you will hear and see things differently than just reading silently. Mark, note, circle. Then sit back down and read it silently again. I mean, we're at what, five minutes max? Or if the Lord's really moving five hours, like that's, that's, that's up to you. But I'm just saying, like, 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 just read it. Lord, show me what's in here. And then if you do that tomorrow and you do that the next day and you do that the next day, I want your confidence in Jesus to go up, not because of what I'm saying, but because of what's in this passage. And then I'll just try to help point out some of those things as we navigate it. This is also one of those great time, times to chase rabbits, like faithful witness. Like, I'm going to go look for other passages. About, like, like, go chase them. 
Get lost in a rabbit hole and just see what the Lord shows you there. And then pray that your reading of this passage would bear the fruit of growing faith and growing love and growing obedience to Jesus. So for the next month, can you join me in that? That's what I'm asking for. That's what I'm asking for. So then that pushes us into our second point in today's sermon. Listening to the king. Listening to the king. We are going to consider today these five words in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. So Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Most of us probably just gloss right over that, okay? So let's just look. Let's slow down, and let's just ask ourselves, what's this saying about Jesus? Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. And what we're going to see here is that he is the prophet to whom we are called upon by God to listen. So he's talking about Jesus, the son of God, born of a virgin, living a completely holy life, dying on a cross, rising again to defeat sin and death, and now reigning over all the earth in the heavenly, from the heavenly realm. This Jesus is called the faithful witness. Is that, is that at the top of the list of things you refer to Jesus as? Savior, Redeemer. Those are true, by the way. I'm pro-Savior, pro-Redeemer. But the faithful witness, that's not how we often talk about Jesus. So faithful, important word, that means accurate, truthful, completed the work that he was sent to do. Jesus was faithful, but faithful as what? As a witness. That's a strange word to use to encapsulate the Son of God, a witness. But a witness is a word that just means one who tells what they've seen and tells what they've heard in a truthful way. So Jesus was sent by the Father to be a witness to who the Father is, what the Father's doing in the world, and what the Father demands and longs for and desires from the world. Jesus is the faithful witness. Now, there's a more churchy Bible word for witness, and that is prophet. That's prophet. What did the prophets do in the scripture? They spoke the word of the Lord as given to them by God to tell of who God is and what God wants from his people. So the work of a prophet was to direct the people toward God and toward the desires of God and to know what God wanted from them. So Jesus, the faithful witness, if we wanted to put it in in a a biblical theological way, we could say Jesus, the faithful prophet. Prophets in the scripture are sent by God so that they would be heard and be obeyed. Prophets are sent by God so that they would be, so that God would be heard and that God would be obeyed. This was so important that, that in Old Testament, there was only supposed to be two types of prophets, faithful ones 
and dead ones and nothing in between. Because God, the last thing God wanted for his people was people running around, thumping their chest and shouting, thus saith the Lord, when it wasn't true. So Deuteronomy 18 of many places in the Old Testament sets up this thing of a lying prophet is to be a dead prophet. Now, as with a lot of the oughts in God's law, Israel wasn't really faithful in living that out and carrying that out. But this points to the reality that God speaks to his people through those whom he sends to reveal his word to his people. And there's another theme in the Old Testament, and it's this, that all of the, the, the prophets, let's say prophet with a little p, were sent by God to prepare God's people for the prophet who was to come. The prophet who was to come. The faithful prophet witness, the faithful prophet. So if we were just doing that intellectual advent, we would just stop right here and say, and that was Jesus. Amen. But we're going to keep going if that's okay. One of many places I could go to show you this is actually in Deuteronomy chapter 18. So if you want to turn over there, flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 18. This is God speaking through Moses to the people of Israel. God says, this is Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your people. So there's a prophet like Moses who is to come. Well, what did Moses do? Well, Moses met with the Lord, heard the word of the Lord, was used of the Lord to deliver his people out of Egypt. He, through Moses, they received the law of the Lord and they got moved to the precipice of the promised land. So look for another prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall Listen, so there's two things going on here. God says, look for another prophet like Moses. And when you find him, what are you supposed to do? Listen to him. Listen to him. And so a way to read the Old Testament or the Bible from Deuteronomy to the coming of Jesus is this. Prophets spoke. God sent prophets. And as they came, they spoke to current situations, but they also laid out this expectation of the prophet to come. So this is where you insert your favorite Christmas verse. This is where you insert that one that you have hanging on a little banner in your front yard or, or on a ribbon on your Christmas tree or on your refrigerator right now. Like, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. These are all true, and they're all about Jesus. But those little prophecies were given to prepare the people for the prophet who was to come. And then one last little thing God did to prepare the people for the prophet who was to come. There was 400 years before Jesus came where God stopped speaking. He stopped sending prophets, which caused them to begin to say, well, when is he going to speak And the New Testament says many things about Jesus. But one of the things it declares loudly and clearly is that Jesus is the prophet who was to 
come. He's the revealer of God's character and the giver of God's word to whom God's people are intended to listen. Now, very quickly, because some of you are like, ah, I need you to prove that to me. Okay, very quickly, I'm going to do my best to prove that to you. The book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew that tells of the story of Jesus, the entire thing is shaped around five sections to mirror the Old Testament law of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, as if to say Jesus is the greater Moses who was to come. In Matthew chapter 17, also found in Mark and found in Luke, there's this incident where God's, where Jesus and some of his disciples are up on a mountain and God speaks from heaven this, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Every time you read that transfiguration story, we all focus on the beloved son. That's true. But the listen to him part was intended to shout the prophet who was to come. John, this same John, builds his gospel, John 1, the whole chapter, around the idea that Jesus is the Word word of God, the Word, who came to earth and was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then one more, Hebrews chapter 1 says this, bringing all of this together, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, long ago, at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. The testimony of the New Testament is that Jesus is the prophet who was to come to reveal God to and guide and direct the people. Faith in Jesus includes listening to Jesus as God's prophet. So that begs the question, what does it mean to listen to Jesus? Do I have any parents here? Parents? Now, maybe I'm just more sinful and fleshly than you, but about three times a week at my house, I just want to scream at the top of my lungs, listen! Anybody besides me? I got one over here, three honest people here. I got some kids that want to do it. This is great. Kids, I'm going to help you at home, okay? When mom or dad shout, listen, here's what they mean. Stop talking. Stop doing. Hear what I'm saying. Respond appropriately. Is that good, parents? Stop talking. Stop doing. Hear what I'm actually saying. And respond appropriately. Now, there there could be some of you in interpersonal relationships that need to hear that as well, but, but li- that's listen. Stop, receive, respond. So when God says, listen to the prophet, when, Je- when, when John says Jesus is the faithful witness, what's implied there is our faithful response to Jesus includes listening to him. 
Now, as we move into practicality, I'm not going to set up, it would, be, it would be unbiblical of me to set up a distinction between Jesus' words and God's words. Because as the prophet, those are all the same. But listen to God's word. We are so quick to pontificate freely about what we ought to do and have to do and how we must respond when really we need to stop talking, stop doing, and listen to the Lord. And if you want to listen to the Lord, the clearest and safest and wisest place to go is to the Bible, where the word of the Lord has been delivered accurately and faithfully to us. So there's an application point just about sheer Bible consumption. Like you got to go to the Bible and read the Bible and know what it says to listen to the Lord. But there's another application point about, but don't go to it looking for what you're looking for. Go to it allowing it to say what it needs to say. I mean, I would argue if you read the Bible for more than two days in a row and you haven't felt convicted about something, but you're only thinking of things that other people are doing wrong, you're probably not doing it right. So go to the scripture regularly, but go to it teachably. Go to it humbly. Go to it not telling it what it needs to say, but letting it say what it needs Whatever interpretive grid you bring with you to your Bible reading, don't let that be your Lord. Let the word of the Lord show you the Lord. So I'm pleading with us to be a people of faith in Jesus who understand that faith in Jesus is not just confessing our sins so that we can be forgiven but it's confessing that Jesus as Messiah is God's prophet and it's choosing to listen to him. Who marks how we order our days? The word of the Lord. Who shapes how we ought to respond to situations? The word of the Lord. Who shapes how we should feel about things? Let the word of the Lord start guiding us there. Who tells us what to do and what not to do and what to say and what not to say? The word of the Lord. And a lot of you are sitting there going, yeah, dude, we know that. We know that. But do we live that way? Do we practice our faith that way, that Jesus is the one to whom we will listen? I'm not going to get into the weeds of ongoing debates, but so many of the ethical debates that the church is splitting over right now and shooting each other in the kneecap over right now could be solved with just a humble, honest reading of what God has said and a willingness to repent and be teachable and be malleable and be shaped by God's word. So very simply, friends, this Christmas, this Advent, I'm praying for me and for you 
a renewed commitment to Jesus. In the fullness of what he's revealed about himself. And that fullness includes Jesus as the faithful witness. Jesus as the faithful prophet. Jesus as the giver of God's word and God's desires. Jesus reveals who God is and God's word to us so that we will listen to him and follow him. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said this to his disciples. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. How are you going to follow him if he's not speaking? Let's be a people who listen to the king. Not because that's an albatross around our necks, but because that's the better way and the freeing way and the good way and the restoring way and the hopeful way. The way to life is by listening to the king. The way to vitality is by listening to the king. The way to healing is by listening to the king. The way to restoration is by listening to the king. The path to hope is by listening to the king. So let's be the people who listen to the king. The path to loving God is by listening to the king. The path to loving our neighbor as ourselves is by listening to the king. Let's be the people who with joy and with hope and with faith listen to the king.